Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and I'm going to adjust my audio just a little bit here. I'm on the road today in Georgia, and I am getting these episodes that are the final three episodes of this season put together, and hopefully on time. Uh, It's the end of the year, kind of the slower season for me. This is my last full week trip that I have for the year. Just as a side note, if you would like to know more about the Scattered Abroad Network, about the overseer of our work, the Memphis School of Preaching, and also the Forest Hill Church of Christ, contact me. You can contact me at two different email addresses to set that up. You could do it at san at msop.org or at mclark at msop.org, m-c-l-a-r-k-e at msop.org. Today, we're starting our last three-part on my favorite sermons preached so far. Next season, I'll be doing the Seven Churches of Asia. Letters to Asia is what I've called it. The season after that, I will probably, depending on how it goes, I'll probably have guests on, and then that will be season number eight. Season nine, I plan on doing another favorite sermons preached so far, part two. And then after that, Lord willing, uh, we'll do something more along the lines of a special planned season for season 10. Today's sermon is called, We Are Not the Main Character. A few years ago, there was this syndrome that people were talking about called uh, main character syndrome. It's basically when somebody presents, imagines themselves as a lead in a sort of fictional version of their life. Digital communication platforms have made this even easier for people to fall into the trap of main character syndrome, and it really can share traits with psychological problems like narcissistic personality disorder for a minority of people. Uh, This mindset, unfortunately, crept into our society, and many people found themselves caught up within it. There's no real set definition of main character syndrome, and it's not a medical syndrome in the traditional sense. Broadly speaking, it describes people who act as if life is a movie, and they are the central character. In this way, it is comparable to narcissism, and can be detrimental to others who are seen as little more than extras in their story. If this sounds familiar to you, according to this one article, you probably have it or know someone who does. This type of egocentric behavior, what psychologists told Newsweek, has been around since time immemorial, but it found new life and a name on platforms such as TikTok, Twitter, now known as X, and Instagram. At the time that this one article was written, the main character tag had been viewed over 5.3 million times on TikTok. Main character syndrome had been viewed almost 215,000 times, and main character complex over 36,000. On Instagram, the hashtag main character featured alongside 76,000 posts. With this syndrome... With everything that we know about it and all of the things that take place, 
it is so hard for us to not remember that we are not the main character. And in order to prove this, I want us to consider a couple of things that need to be pointed out. And the first is this. This week's episode's title is simply, This is not our story. It's not mine. I didn't create it. I didn't come up with it. I didn't get to make the rules. I don't have a right to change it or dictate what it is. This is not my story. Because in the beginning, God created the world that is around us. I want you to think about the passages that talk about how amazing the creation of this world was when it was first made. For example, in Genesis 1, 3, and 4, we're told that the creation of light takes place and that God sees the light and says that it's good, verse 4. The waters and dry land in verses 9 through 12 are created, and God says that they were good. Uh, The firmament and animals in chapter 1, verses 17 through 25, God says that it was good. And then finally, it culminates in Genesis 131, where God sees everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. How foolish would it be for us to read such verses and suggest that this world was our own creation. Where are our names in these verses? You know, we don't have the power to do what God can do. And this kind of is really understood in certain areas, but it also showcases just how frustratingly ignorant we can all be at times. And I'm guilty of this, so don't don't think I'm just saying this about anybody, but I had the privilege last night of going to a football game. And while at that game, there were several calls that were made by the officiating crew that the fans of the home team disagreed with. And some of them I disagreed with and looked at it and thought, well, I wouldn't have called that. Some were just blatantly false or blatantly missed. And all of the things going the way that they did, no one in the crowd was able to change the outcome of the game. Why? Because it's not our story. It's not our game. We don't get to make the rules. We may know how the rules should be executed, but when infallible is discussed, or fallible in this case with men who are not infallible is what I'm trying to get at here, they're going to make mistakes. But when God created the world, there were no mistakes. There were no issues that God looked at and said, ooh, I should not have done that. I need to wipe that out. In fact, really, the only thing that God could say, I should probably add to this, was the creation of man. And that's the next thing to kind of consider here is, it's not our story because God first, in the beginning, created everything. Then secondly here, even we were not original creations. When you look at Genesis 1, 26 through 27, you have to ask a question. Whose image were we made in? And verse 26 says, God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. When God created us, we are the only creation that is listed 
as being made in his image. The chimpanzees were not made in God's image. The lions and tigers and bears, oh my, were not made in God's image. Only we were made in God's image. Meaning that we only exist because God wanted us to exist. Doesn't that make you feel as small as you're supposed to feel? <laughs> that we are not as important and as special as we have made ourselves out to be? The only thing that is special about us is the fact that God chose to make us in His image and that we are His children. There is nothing about Michael Clark or about anybody else on the Scattered Abroad Network or the Memphis School of Preaching or the Forest Hill Church of Christ or our subscribers and listeners or those who are in this world that is original with them, made in His image. We are only the way that we are because God made us in His image. Number two, not just in the beginning can settle this fact that we are in need of redemption, but the second thing is, or I'm sorry, excuse me, I just, I, Freudian slip. Not only was the things that were done in the beginning show us that this is not our story, but number two, we're in need of redemption, which shows that this isn't our story. You, you think about every single person that has ever been in a comic book or in a movie or whatever have you, they all are the only ones that can do it. No one else can. That's why the heroes have to step up and do what needs to be done. Could you redeem me? Could I you? No. You see, Philippians 2, 5 through 8 tells us that Jesus is the hero of this story. And we're told by Jesus that we've often been aligned with the villain. I want to close by reading Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and then kind of closing out with John 8, 39 through 47. In Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we're told, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. I want a verse beyond what I had said I would do, but you get the point. Jesus is the hero. He was the one who came. He was the one who died. He was the one who redeemed. And as you and I think about everything that we know about the hero, it's now important to remind ourselves everything that we know about the villain. So notice John 8 now. Climbing back up to a little bit before this, they were saying in verse 33 that they're Abraham's descendants. They'd never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? And Jesus says, well, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And he goes on down this way, and they answered, and they said, well, Abraham is our father. And Jesus replies and says in verse 39, if you were Abraham's children, you, you'd do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, 
a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. And then they said, well, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Okay, you're right. Abraham's not our actual physical father here. We're children of Abraham, descendants of Abraham. But ultimately, you are right. We're actually descendants of God first. And Jesus says, well, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Satan can cause us to think that we belong to someone other than him. But God is not fooled by this act. Watch verses 44 through 47 as we close this episode today. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. You crave committing sin. You are looking for opportunity to transgress, to please your father. You probably remember being a child and and talking to somebody that you wanted to see what you were doing, and perhaps it was the case that it was your father, and you'd say, Dad, Dad, look. Mom, Mom, look. Grandma, Grandpa, look. And we do everything that we can to try to show off our skill to do what? To get their approval. What Jesus is saying here in verse 44, that we desire to do these things, we want to do them, we want to please the devil whether we realize it or not. Because when you live that way, you're seeking to please someone, and it's not God. It would be the devil. And we're told some characteristics here about the devil. In verse 44, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. So which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words... And therefore you do not hear, because you're not of God. Think about what he's saying there. Think about everything that that means. We often want to be the hero of the story. We want to tell ourselves when we go to the movies and we see the the hero fighting and struggling and trying to do what's right, even at a great cost. But in reality... We're not the hero. And often we find ourselves being more like henchmen than even... The, the phrase is escaping me now, but you have the, the main character and then you have a, a sub-character, so to speak. And those sub-characters are often... Oh, supporting roles. Even a supporting role. We find ourselves being more henchmen for the devil than a supporting role for God and doing what we can to support the hero of the story. I want to close with this today. All of us have struggled with this, whether we would like to admit it or not, where we find ourselves trying to place the level of importance that we have in some way or another, and 
what does that really help? How does that benefit us? I submit to you today that over the next week before we meet back and talk again, Lord willing, to ask yourself every day how many people you come in contact with that think of themselves as the main character and how many times even maybe you yourself are caught thinking, ooh, I just placed a level of importance on myself that I didn't need to be placing. We are not the main character. And next week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about who should be. But until then, let's please God now so our eternity can be far better.